0: The goal of marketing is to drive revenue for their company. Like That's literally why marketing exists, to like help grow a company. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go.
1: Sangram here for another Takeover Tuesday episode. If you have not listened to the last one, which was uh, Daniel Rodriguez, who is from Alice, he has been running this series that we're going to hear about. And he did a really amazing interview with Lisa uh, from Lucid Works. And now this time, he's bringing the series and taking it to a whole new level uh, with one of my really, really good friends. I know Dave Rigotti for a long time. So, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear about, about this. But First, Daniel, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for for doing this TakeOver series.
2: Thank you so much, Sangram, and thanks to the Flip My
1: Funnel community for allowing me to be a guest host. All right, dude. So so you had Lisa last time, and and she really talked through the the, the whole definition of account based marketing and helping people think through that. You're bringing in Dave Ragoti. Tell us a little bit about him, and, and why did you choose to bring Dave on?
2: Yeah. So Dave has had a really phenomenal career and a unique set of experiences. He was running marketing at a a BI company called Visible that was acquired by Marketo. And then he took over a large amount of the ABM related effort at Marketo. And then Marketo got acquired by Adobe six months later. So he went from working for a You know, a hundred person company to like a 17,000 person company in a matter of 12 months. And the importance of executing an ABM strategy never wavered throughout that period of time. So what I really loved about having a conversation with him was learning about how do you actually drive alignment with the sales organization as you're executing ABM in a way that is a significant part of what the organization is expecting you to be able to accomplish and is your entire job.
1: That is fantastic, man. Now is that that journey, just so I think you know this, but a lot of people may not know, uh, uh, in the flip community, is very similar to mine. You know, I remember I was working as running marketing at Pardot. We got acquired by Exact Target, and within six months, literally, I think to the T, Salesforce acquired Exact Target. And I remember we're trying to figure out what our business cards are going to say: oh, head of marketing at Pardot, an exact target company acquired by Salesforce, like uh, the, the, the space on the business card was running out before you even got to what you really did. So uh, I cannot wait for this. Uh, let's go. All right. Super excited
2: to do another episode Of the Flip My Funnel podcast. Thank you again so much to Sangram as well as the Flip My Funnel community for allowing me, Daniel Rodriguez, to be the host today. And I'm very excited to have with me Dave Rigotti, who's the head of enterprise demand generation and ABM at Marketo. Dave, welcome.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to uh, be joining you today and and talking about some of my experiences with ABM and, and what we've learned along the way.
2: Yeah, so so today's episode we're really going to focus on. I know a lot of people are going to be really interested in hearing what you have to say because Marketo obviously being a, you know, an aspirational company for so many of us, including myself. But the topic today is really going to be honing in on the sales and marketing alignment, which I feel like is one of these like wispy clouds in the air that people can't necessarily get their hands on, but they know is a beautiful aspirational thing. You know, especially as marketers, we really want to make sure what we're doing is delivering value and is aligned with sales. So I'm really excited to dive in with this. Let's start off actually, just by you being able to give a little bit of a brief background to the audience, because your past year hasn't been the same as most people's past year. You've had a, quite a bit of change, so why don't you just walk through a little bit of your own background?
0: Yeah, sure. And yeah, there's been there's been quite a lot of change for me in the last year professionally and my background is I was the head of marketing at, at Visible for about five years. Visible is an, an attribution product that is now owned by Marketo. So we got acquired in, in May of 2018. When I was running marketing at Visible, we were all ABM all the time. And that was really one of our super sauces to like exponential growth every for, for five years that I was running marketing. And we got acquired by Marketo. And I spent some time integrating the companies there. And then in October, I started a new job running ABM at Marketo, helping bring some of those best practices that we have from Visible into just a bigger scale with Marketo. And then about a month after that, we got acquired by Adobe. So got acquired twice in the last year, but it's been awesome. It's just being able to bring our, our product and our marketing to, to many more people than we could before. So it's, it's been nothing but good stuff.
2: So a year ago, you were working for a company and executing an ABM strategy at a company that had approximately 100, 100 yeah. employees. And now and
0: now you're 20, executing 000. an
2: ABM yeah. strategy for a company that's 20,000. Yeah. So that's an incredible, I think, increase in amount of responsibility yeah. and a lot of change trying to just probably navigate like the names of the people around you to get things done.
0: Right. right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, you know, we're going to talk about sales and marketing alignment. I, I've essentially had you know, many more stakeholders across sales and new sales leaders to align across. So you know, I'm excited to get in and and talk about some of the things that I've learned there. So, you know, I've definitely had to to use some of those skills this past.
2: Yeah. So let's dive right into it. So I mean, you know, how like, how would you actually define what you mean by when you say, "Hey, sales and marketing alignment"?
0: Yeah, I, I think you you started this podcast off in a. In the right kind of frame, which is like sales and marketing alignment, is is like pretty pretty wispy kind of thing. Where if you were to ask someone, you know, do you want sales and marketing alignment? Like everyone will will say yes, and then you kind of ask them, like, do you have a sales alignment? They're like, I don't, I don't like kind of no, and it is hard to define. You know, I think a lot of of sales and marketing alignment is just being on the same page with marketing and sales, and we'll talk about what some of the kind of specific metrics and, and things we do with comp to essentially be gauges between between marketing and sales to, to see how aligned you are. You know, I think when we think about ABM, this isn't nice to have, this is required to go do ABM in a in a way that is going to deliver any kind of meaningful return. So, I like to think about it as whoever is the boss of marketing and the boss of sales, so let's say it's, it's the CEO depending on how big the company is, it's their opinion, Like, <laughs> is is are my sales team and my marketing teams aligned and there's certainly things we can do to kind of sequence that that we'll get into
2: interesting and so yeah one of the you know does that mean they actually like each other because I always I wonder sometimes how much of this is like personality based or something you know
0: I don't think you have to they have to like each other to be aligned I think that is that is the nice to have piece like Hopefully you like your coworkers and you probably, you better work if you like your coworkers. But honestly, like, I think it's one of those things that's like sort of optional. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. All right. Good. Well, that's good because sometimes that's too far of a bridge for people right. to potentially yeah. cross. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then, so you've got, you, you know, you can go, maybe you're asking the CEO, they're saying yes, they are a lot, you know, but how are you actually defining it with, are there, are there like metrics for success that you put, that you put around this?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the number one way to align marketing and sales and, and the number one question asked to see how aligned you are is what are the goals for marketing and what are the goals for sales? And if marketing is saying that, hey, our goals are to generate leads or our goals are to have an awesome conference and sales is saying my goal is bookings, like here's, here's the revenue number that we need to hit, then, then the teams are, are fundamentally misaligned. Certainly you know, having a great conference or generating a bunch of leads or even even generating a bunch of pipeline is they can be I like to call them leading indicators. They should never be the, in my opinion, the goal of your marketing. The goal of marketing is to drive, drive revenue for their company. Like that's why I like literally why marketing exists, to like help grow a company. And, and the best metric for that is, is, is bookings or revenue or, or, or new deals which you know is the same way that you know sales thinks about it as well so if, if marketing is saying the goal of my marketing is to, to drive revenue and and sales is better be saying the same thing then you you're you're on the first path to sales and marketing alignment if marketing is being held like the CEO has said your goal is to generate you know X number of leads and and hey sales your job is your number one goal is to generate you know, why revenue then then sales and marketing alignment is, is essentially impossible at that point. Um, it's it's so important to align on what are the what is the goal that we're trying to achieve as one team first and then you can go kind of fix anything else from that. But no matter how hard you try, if the goals of the two teams are different, it's never gonna happen.
2: Are there meet in the middle type of metrics in terms of at least meet in the middle of the funnel type of metrics there? Or does it just need to be how sales is defining it? That's how marketing should be defining it to drive alignment?
0: Yeah, to- totally. I think let's, let's talk about like leading indicators. So the goal, you know, for this quarter is, you know, drive this number of, of deals or bookings or revenue. Say let's take pipeline as like a fantastic example, you know, driving pipeline, a pipeline goal for this month. Is, is not to drive the bookings this month. It's to help inform. Hey, do we think we have the right amount of opportunities and a business in the mix to hit our goals? You know, three or four, six months months out. So pipeline. Some some marketing teams will think about it as the goal. It's certainly something that I closely track. And uh, if we're behind in pipeline, we'll we'll jump all over. But it's not the the goal. It's just it's a way to kind of inform. You know, how are we doing? And are we going to hit our goals in the in the future, and you'll get like I hear a lot of marketing people say, "Well, well, marketing can't really like close a deal, so we don't own the opportunity cycle at all. So our goal is to be marketing and uh, and driving pipeline with that marketing, but you know, sales ultimately owns the revenue yeah. and." When I hear that a lot, I was like, well, what's, you know, what's your win rate? And they'll say it's probably like 20%. And really that means like sales doesn't own the sales cycle either. Like we're only influencing our, our decision makers. If, if sales like fully own the sales cycle and could control all of it, then you know, you'd have a hundred percent win rate all the time and marketing would, would not be needed ever. So, so certainly sales owns kind of closing deals more than marketing, but marketing can definitely help out, which is why we, we, keep our marketing going up until bookings and even post purchase as well. Uh, it, it don't stop at, at my pipeline creation.
2: So we've got important metrics, some lead maybe some leading indicator metrics that marketing is yeah. then saying, you know, we know that, that sales is going to be aligned to these. What about the way that the teams themselves are constructed and I know you have some interesting things that you've done. I would say very forward thinking things you've done around comp. Talk a little bit about, about that because I think that's, that's a big part of this whole alignment piece.
0: Yeah, I think uh, as we get to comp here, you know, you, you talk about team structure. You know, there's always a classic question on the table, which is should SDRs or your outbound team report to marketing or to sales? Because they are sort of that, it's almost that bridge as you were kind of talking about before between marketing and bookings, like they kind of operate in the middle of the funnel too know, tee up deals for the for account executives. And I've done it both ways and I, f- I find that both work and there's no right or wrong way. It's kind of like wh- whoever can best support them is is the, the right choice for your company. Um, if I were to go start a company today, it would depend on who's the market leader and who's the sales leader and who has with to give the the outbound team the attention that they that they need to be successful. So at Marketo SDR sit in marketing but that's not how I've always done it in the past. But for conversation, that's something that I, I'm super passionate about because I, I totally agree that I mean, you can say you you are aligned on, on marketing and sales all day, but until people are personally held accountable for delivering the results or the metrics that you've agreed on as the success metrics, you know, it's it's sort of all talk. So for you know, the last five years, my comp has been tied to to bookings and you know, that's what that's what matters. And so you know, you have an AE. Their their personal comp is obviously tied to the deals that they drive. You have a sales leader, like a VP of Sales. They're measured and, and comped on new revenue as well. And, and then so am I as a as a marketing leader. So you know, we're that putting financial responsibility in that way and, and being personally held accountable goes super far. The sales never is marketing saying we hit our goals, but sales didn't at the end of the month and the quarter. Like. Marketing has the same emotions as sales does. Like, you know, we don't get our full paychecks if sales doesn't. And I think that's totally the right way to do it. And it's, it's actually like what I want. It's nice to have a, a clear north star to go with
2: does that, does that variable comp piece aligns to aligns to the, the bookings? Does that cascade down to anyone else on the marketing team? And if so, how do you determine it? And what percentage of the, of the OTE is actually variable?
0: Yeah, I've done... I've done it where an individual contributor in marketing doesn't doesn't sort of take revenue as the as a variable or even have variable, they're just full salary. I've done it where if you have between five and ten percent tied to to variable and that variable is is, is bookings that is sourced from their work, of like how you would do it for an AE. I don't know if if one was right or not. I've found that the leaders being held accountable matters I think more than the individual kind of person on the marketing side so I don't have a a great opinion on if that should be or shouldn't be the case and maybe it's just a a culture thing but certainly for marketing the marketing leader the comp should be tied to to revenue
2: Mm -hmm. so so you mentioned that you have the SDRs are part of your team part of that motion you know was, when did that shift actually take place? Could you shed a little bit of light about you know what was the thought process that that went into that, and whether or not it feels like it's like at steady state now be, because of that?
0: Yeah, so some of that happened before I started in my role just a few months ago. I'll say it's it's been awesome to have the leaders of that, the SDR team, the outbound team be considered part of marketing. For the revenue, a revenue kickoff meeting. They were in all the marketing meetings. We had many marketing revenue kickoffs that they were part of. You know, we sync as part of a, a demand generation kind of leadership team every every week. And I don't I don't know if that happened in the past or not, um, but it's certainly the most aligned team that I've ever been part of. And I have to imagine that SDRs being part of marketing is you know I could contributing factor to that because they're in the marketing channels. There there is no marketing versus SDRs. It's purely, we're all marketing. We all get the same kind of credit. So let's, let's just go work together to drive deals. So, you know, we spend a lot of money in typical like demand gen sense to, you know, not drive leads, but support our SDRs. So it wouldn't be uncommon for me to go you know, hire someone to help us with our outbound sequences. If that's the thing that we think is going to drive the most revenue, mm-hmm. great. I, I won't spend money on doing some advertising. if it, that if you know, writing some, some emails for our SDR team is going to be the most, gets us the most in the business.
2: You mentioned, I wanted to, because this was probably something people are going to want to emulate. You said there's a weekly meeting. That's a Can you just dive into a little bit of the, like, who's in attendance? What's the agenda
0: yeah, the, the rhythm or, of our business is that SDR leader and I have a, a weekly one-on-one. There's a, a weekly meeting with the global head of demand gen for at Marketo and the SDR leaders, and then all of the other kind of leaders across demand gen and marketing ops. We get together every every week and kind of do a little state of the business and just kind of check in on, on how things are going. And it would be a, a typical kind of one-on-one in a more of a group setting where the agenda fluctuates each week based on the needs of the business and you know, what's what's going on across the team. So we're all in there. And I have a one-on-one every two weeks with the head of sales for for Marketo, or the head of enterprise sales for Marketo. And then you know, once a quarter, there's a, a quarterly business review where it's, it's head of sales, head of marketing, head of the SDR team. And we come together as, and talk about the same business. And certainly there's, there's other check-ins, but you know, that's your, your classic like, QBR that we do.
2: Yeah. No, that's that's great. i i I think that I think that the lesson there is the frequency of touch points, and then being able to bring back to the group, like here's oh, yeah. here's a potential problem. Like, what are we doing to yeah. solve that? That feels like a very good habit from a startup to be able yeah. to bring to a much larger organization.
0: Yeah, I, I have a Slack message every day to our SDR leader, and it's it is real. We don't even sit. We don't sit in the same office, and we still find a a chance to talk every, every day. In kind of previous roles, like we, I didn't talk to the sales leader every day. So I like, and, and we were in the same office. So, you know, I have to think that marketing sitting, SDR sitting in marketing is a, is a big factor.
2: Right. Right. Okay. So what's one pitfall that you'd change maybe, or, or that you could, mm-hmm. if you could go in the time machine there, something that people should avoid, you know, that, that you learned the hard way.
0: Yeah. I think the pitfall that I ran into was years ago. And at, when it, um, visible was its own kind of independent company and growing and when I was running marketing, it took me too long to realize the potential for an, that an outbound team could could really bring. I think um, I would have hired more outbound people sooner in in the life cycle of our business, and most importantly, would have spent more time on enablement um, beyond like traditional demand gen, like generating leads for the team. That was sort of the go-to. I wish I would have spent more time thinking about, you know, what are the sequences that they're using? What are their call scripts? What are the accounts that they're doing cold calling on or or outbound marketing to? You know, I think that was a, I know there was a lot of potential there that we certainly realized at some point and, uh, you know, helped us keep growing really fast. And it led to an awesome exit to be bought by Marketo. I think there could have been been more. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. All right, then here's here's the last question until we get to our special bonus which you don't even know what it is, very exciting. <laughs> you might be scared about this. Um okay, so for the record, we're we're being recorded here, so this is actually for the record. How strong is the relationship between marketing and sales at Marketo?
0: I think good. I think one of the benefits for why it's so good is we're selling to marketers, like we we make software and we sell it to marketers. So you know, sales by default has to appreciate the value of of marketing and attention and what we do because, you know, that's our our software. So I think, I I think we do. And I think that helps a lot that that sales understands like exactly what marketing is doing because that's our our software and they have to, but I think it's great Go ask our sales leader and let me know what what he says.
2: I was going to say, no, it sounds like we have to ask the the CEO or we need to ask the boss, right?
0: Yeah, right. Let Let me know. (laughs)
2: <laughs> All right. Good. Well, maybe we'll do that. Maybe, maybe, maybe we won't. We'll take you off the hot seat for that one for now. That's great. That's I'm sure people are going to have several different nuggets that are able to take away from this around driving that alignment. Okay. Here is the fun part. It's going to be fun for the listeners. I okay. can't guarantee it's going to be fun for you. So what we're going to do is a little game. It's going to be in, th- we're going to do three parts to the game okay. and it's going to be a, you have to complete the tune. So I'm going to sing Oh, a, song, a song, you are going to complete the tune and then guess what the name of the song is. These, these are like pop songs. You know, if you were a singer at a cover band that does like top 40 from like, you know, the past several decades, these are songs you would do. I don't know if that's something that's been in your background, but no. it, it is actually something that has been in my background. So okay. I, I have these songs in the back pocket.
0: Okay, okay, great. You probably picked the wrong guy for this, but I will go okay. with that.
2: No, this is, this, it makes it more fun. It makes it more yeah, fun it. this way. Okay, here we go. Ready? Just a small town girl.
0: Living in a lonely world.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. And what's this, what song is it?
0: Journey Don't Stop Believing.
2: Boom. There you go. One correct. Okay, okay. we're getting warmed up here. Okay, <laughs>
1: here, we, here we go. Here we go.
0: Hey, don't write yourself off yet. Oh, uh, I know the tune, but I, I can't place the, the song.
2: We're going to, okay, we'll go to the, I'll, I'll give a tease to the chorus here. It just takes some time. Nope. <laughs> this song is The Middle by Jimmy Eat World.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: That is a, that
0: is a little bit of a throwback.
2: A little bit of a throwback, sure. Yeah. <laughs> these, are, these are like, some of these are classic rock. You know, '90s jams. You know, (laughs) I actually don't really know a ton of like current pop music, so I was like, "We're trying to land on common ground here."
0: Yeah, I have young kids, so like my frame of reference for music right now is like, like Casper Baby Pants, (laughs) 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 like all these like kid kid bands. Do
2: you you know Baby Shark? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. I mean, this is this is like. I was looking this up. There's two point four billion views yeah. of this on billion yeah. views on YouTube. So whoever is doing that video, you know, has Hopefully had like
0: money. Yeah. has had
2: like a successful tech exit. Right. You know, yeah, because exactly.
0: <laughs> like, somebody's a millionaire and they're gonna say, you know, how'd you make your million? And they're gonna be like, baby shark. Sure. <laughs> Someone's like,
2: I actually okay. believe it. That yeah. is a very, very catchy tune. Okay, here's the cool. last one. We're one out of two. Here's the last one. This is a another classic rock song so maybe maybe this maybe this will catch on here we go all right Mm -hmm. jesse is a friend yeah you know he's been a good friend of mine
0: definitely know the song but i can't i can't place the name yeah (laughs) so this is jesse's girl girl
2: jesse's girl by rick springfield (laughs) a lot of fun thank you so much for participating now people are are maybe they either just turned it off because they were like (laughs) wow i don't know where this b2b (laughs) split-by-funnel podcast just went, or they're sitting there in their heads going, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you oh, so much. That was a lot of fun. Tell everybody really quickly where they can follow
1: you.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter at D Rigotti, D-R-I-G-O-T-T-I. If you have questions or, or even ideas for things that you're doing, that you think I should know about and maybe something that I could bring to Marketo. I'm always open to, to new ways to, to try things. So hit me up and let's have a competition.
2: Awesome. Thank you again, Dave, so much for taking the time to share your insights with the community.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player.